Amen. I'll write down. In our scripture today, coming from the book of Luke, chapter 6, verse 35 and 36. The Bible says, love your enemies. Somebody say enemies. Now, that's enough right there. Now, if he tell you to love your enemies, he shouldn't even have to mention your friend. I mean, if you got to love your there's no way you can't love your If you got to love your man, you got to love your wife or your husband. If you got to love your now that ain't easy to do, but he said it. Amen. Look what he said. Do good to them. Lend to them without expecting to be repaid. Then your reward from heaven will be very great. And you will truly be acting. Somebody say acting. See, there's a way you're supposed to live. And you're supposed to act as a child of the most high. For he is, somebody say kind. Somebody say he is kind. Somebody say kind. Now look at this. The person that you're supposed to be acting like is kind to those who are un and wicked. You're supposed to be acting like him. And he kind to folks that's Joe un and he says you must be compassionate just as your father is compassionate. What's in his DNA should be in you. Amen? You may be seated. Well, today we are going to uh, begin a, a short series. We're going to entitle this Agents of Kindness. Agents of Kindness. So, whether you want to enlist or not, if you're here today online or in the house, I'm just going to enlist you into the kindness force. I ain't get too many amen right there. The AOK force, Wayne, you being enlisted, just like you enlisted into the CIA or you enlisted into Delta force, now you're going to be enlisted into the AOK force because you're going to be an agent of kindness. Amen. See, see, we got to understand that it's important for us as God's children to act as kind agents in the earth. Amen. We're supposed to be an organized body that display and represent God's kindness to the world. When people want to know what kindness is about, because they can't see the invisible God, they got to see it in you. Amen. And so an agent is a person who acts on behalf of another person or group. And in our case, we're acting on behalf of God. Now, kindness, somebody say kindness. Kindness is the quality of being considerate, friendly, gracious, and generous. It is also a state of being that includes the attributes of loving affection, sympathy, empathy, patience, pleasantness, goodness, and courteous. In other words, kindness is the opposite of being neglectful, harsh, 
rude, sharp, bitter, resentful, and indifferent. So God expects us to be kind. See, kindness is a quality that is shown in the way a person speaks. Somebody say speak. And that can be, you know, now we speak with text. Amen. A lot of y'all don't talk to folk no more. Y'all text to folks and talk to them. So therefore, your text got to be kind. I know it was going to be tough, but I, that ought to be an easy amen right there. You just got to train your thumbs to be, to be kind. So kindness is shown in the way a person speaks, and that's verbal or written, and act. It is more volitional, meaning a matter of your will, than emotion. In other words, kindness has nothing to do with how you feel. You're going to have to will yourself to be kind to some folks because it ain't going to happen automatically. Amen. And if you don't set your will in line with God's word to be an agent of kindness, guess what? You'll be rude to folks. You'll be resentful. You'll be bitter. You'll be sharp. And see, I'm talking to myself because at times I can be snarky with people. You know, you can just say something real quick and don't even think about it. And then you realize once you put that word in the atmosphere, you can't bring it back. Amen? So kindness go beyond, you know, mere pretense and insincere politeness. You know how some folks just pretend they like you and be all polite in your face like that, and you know really underneath they can't stand you? So if you're going to be genuinely kind, have it in your heart. Don't front and fake with folks if you ain't really kind. Amen? So sometimes genuine kindness often demands our personal time. It sometimes demands our personal talent. And sometimes it demands our personal treasure. So what I need for you to do is understand that by sitting here today or being online, you've been enlisted, deputized, brought into the force. Amen. And so now you got to see yourself as an agent of kindness. Because when God wants to show kindness in the earth, he's going to have to show it through you. Amen. I ain't getting no amens on this side. Ain't no agents over here? You know, amen, that means y'all agree. I mean, you agree, amen. You're in the house, you've been enlisted, you might as well just raise your hand and say, I'm on board because you've been enlisted. You hear it in your ears, and so now I got to get it in your. You got to be kind to folk. Amen. Even your enemies. Oh. Genesis chapter 50, 14 through 21. Here we find Joseph reassuring his brothers that he would continue to deal kindly with them, even though their father had died. And naturally, you know, these boys thought that, you know, because dad gone, Joseph was going to seek revenge. Because, you know, they had treated him harshly. They, they had treated him with great bitterness and resentfulness when they sold him into slavery. And, and see, they thought that Joseph would now remember all that and get revenge because daddy is gone. 
And at this time, Joseph is the second most powerful man in Egypt. So, so Joseph has some authority and he has some power. But the thing is, Major, is that Joseph had been kind to these guys before. He had treated them right before. But they did not believe their own brother because they were still dealing with the guilt of what they had. So they saw their daddy, Finley, as being top cover. He is the only thing that's mediating between us and Joseph. And once he's gone, Joe gonna act the fool with us. You know that's how some of us think sometimes you did somebody wrong. And they think, that, you know, the code of the role is payback. But that code don't work in the kindness force. The kindness force got to be willing to forgive folks. Amen? Y'all in Genesis? Look here. It says, in 14, it says, after burying Jacob, Joseph returned to Egypt with his brothers and all who had accompanied him to his father's burial. But now, somebody say, but now. We're going to see some alarm and then being afraid here. But now that their father was dead, Joseph's brothers became fearful. Somebody say fearful. You know, when you get fearful, you know, you'll kind of do some things that you wouldn't normally do if you weren't scared. So now these boys get fearful and fear get into their mind because they remember what they did to their brother. And they thinking in their fear that our brother going to do the same thing to us that we did. This, this dude got to get us back. Now look at this. They became fearful. Now Joseph will show his anger and pay us back for all the wrong we did to him, they said. So guess what? Sometimes when folk don't want to talk to you personally, you know after they done did you wrong and they know they need to sell the thing, they'll send you a message. You know, you know some of y'all like that. You, you need to talk to somebody and instead of you talking to them face to face, you just go ahead and send a text. Man, you just feel better because you can just text them. You, your thumbs just say what your thumbs want to say. Some things that you wouldn't say if you were in their presence, but your thumbs just go there. I'm trying to encourage some of y'all, put your thumbs to rest. Some people you need to talk to face. You don't need to send your buddy or your friend or somebody else to talk to somebody for you. You ought to do it your, especially if you done did the folk wrong. Amen. So, so now, so they sent this message to Joseph. And this is what they say. You know, they probably made up some of this. You know, the boy's scared. Scared folk will lie. So, so they, you know, they, but they're going to play on Joseph's emotion and his feelings for his dad. You know, because Joseph was one of the was his favorite sons. That's why he got put in slavery. That's why they, you know, they did him like that. Daddy made him a special coat. Them boys got jealous. Joseph had this dream, say, one day y'all going to bow down to me, mom and dad. Them boys couldn't handle that. So as a result of him revealing what God, God had in store for him, they sold him in the, their own brother. So, so they sent him a message. He said, before your father, they, you know, they, they, they could have made they could have said, before our daddy died. Before your daddy, your father. He our father too, but, but because we know you real close to him, before your father died, he instructed us to say to you, please forgive your brothers for the great wrong they have done to you. For their sins 
and treating you cruelly. Now look at this. That just reveals something to me, Major. That cruelty is a sin. When you treat people in a cruel way, you sin. And so these guys says, our dad is saying, hey, you know, forgive us for the way we treated you. Now, if you know the story, they had been with their daddy 17 years after they got to Egypt during the famine. So if their daddy wanted to tell Joseph that, he could have really told him, told him himself. But these boys, now that his daddy gone, you know, folk dead, you can speak for them. You know, I hear that all the time. Folk die. Well, you know, mama told me. Mama told me that when she dies, she's going to give me this. Mama told me. Ain't nobody else heard mama told you that, but mama can't come in and talk now. So therefore, we got to take your word that mama really. Some of y'all done been there in family matters. Grandmama told me this sofa was going to be mine. She ain't put it in writing the number. She just told now look here. They, so they treated him cruelly. Look what he said. So we, the servants of God, the God of your father, beg you to forgive our sins. When Joseph received the message, he broke down and wept. Joseph cried because he was hurt that his own brothers would not believe him. I mean, when your belief system is jacked up, you know, you don't even want to believe people who are close to you. And when you're dealing with the guilt and the hurt of what you've done to somebody else, you, you automatically in a space where you think that they don't want to do anything good towards you. So now Joseph wept because he was really hurt that his brothers would rather see themselves as a slave than to see themselves as his brother. I mean, they should have saw themselves, man, my brother is the second most powerful man in Egypt. But because I did him wrong and I'm afraid of him, I'm going to go back and play the prodigal son card and say, just make me a slave. But see, like the, son, the father in that parable, Joseph's mind was not on making them a slave. His mind was on reassuring them that he was going to deal with them kindly in spite of what they had. So it says, Joseph, he broke down and wept. Then his brothers came and threw themselves down before Joseph and said, look, we are your slaves, they said. But Joseph re replied, do not be afraid of me. You know, some of y'all need to just tell some folks that. Y'all ain't got to say amen too loud. I know, I know some of y'all. And some of y'all just need to tell some folks, don't. Don't be afraid of it, man. I, I know you think I'm going to do this, but some of y'all got reputation. Like, folks just, you know, y'all going to get folk back. I mean, so I'm trying to hear to tell you, you've been, you're an agent now of kindness. So you got to tell all those folks, you need to send all those folks out there that you know them wrong you. And they think you lurking to pay them back today when you leave. In fact, I'll give y'all permission right now in the middle of my sermon. You can just put down A-OK for us, hashtag, don't be afraid. <laughs> don't be afraid of me. I'm in church right now, so you can believe me when I say, don't be afraid. I know what you did. You did me wrong. But don't be 
Some of y'all need to grow up. Time for y'all to tell some folks, don't. How many people walk around in fear because of you? And you sitting up in here on a Sunday morning say you love Jesus, and you can't be kind to some folks, Pee-wee. <laughs> Come on now. You need to just send them a text when you leave here, child, and say, don't be a... <laughs> child, don't shake your head like that. <laughs> don't. Don't be afraid of me. He says, am I God that I can punish you? You intended harm to me. So he didn't deny that they did him wrong. You intended harm to me, but God, somebody say God, but God. But God intended it all for good. He brought me to this position so that I could save the lives of many people. Then he come back and say again, no, don't be afraid. Then he come back and say, I will continue to take care of you and your children. So he reassured them by speaking what? You can reassure folk with your mouth. Amen. Your words. You don't have to act kind. You can speak kindly. Amen. And so therefore, if we know that, if we're agents of kindness, every now and then when someone has done us wrong, we got to speak kindly. And we got to reassure them that I'm not going to pay you. Can I get an amen from everybody in the house? Because y'all agents now. You got to act kind. Amen. I know the Holy Spirit may be showing you some right of right now that did you wrong. But you just getting this message just so that you know that you got to act. They may owe you some money that they told you going to give you back, but you got to act. Because he said earlier you can forgive them. You know, so if they owe you, you know, you don't need it. Be kind. Say, don't worry about it. Oh, I can sense in the spirit right there that <laughs> you just don't know that. <laughs> that wasn't a deal we had going in. That wasn't a deal. You don't know. Well, God finna change the deal. You don't need it. Be kind. God will bless you for being. In the book of Joshua, chapter 2, here is the exchange between Rahab the harlot. Somebody say the harlot. For those of you who are not biblical scholar, that's another way of saying prostitute. You know, or the garden tool. You know, so here is the exchange between Rahab, the harlot, and the spies that Joshua sent in the land to spy Jericho. Somebody just got that garden tool thing I hear over the last one. <laughs> Y'all a little slow, you're a little slow, but we're going to get there. And we see that kindness can be reciprocated. In other words, we can respond to kindness with kindness. And as agents of kindness, we should be kind anyway. Amen? But in those times where someone do something for you that's kind, if you don't have to do something physically back for them, just be kind with your words. Thank you. Now Rahab shows kindness by hiding the spies uh, when the king men start looking for them. And, and, and from that, we're going to get that when the city was destroyed, these guys promised Rahab that they would be kind to her and her household. So in her dialogue with them, she said, now look, I have been kind to you when I hid you when the army was looking for you. I lied. Hid you 
in my loft, and then when they left, I let you down. I sent them in a different direction that you went in. And so when you guys come back and destroy the city, Major, I was kind to you, and so now I'm expecting some kindness in real. Amen. And so now look at this. Y'all, y'all in verse, chapter 2, verse 9 said, now look, I know this is Rahab, darling. I know the Lord has given you this land, she told him. Now Rahab was saying, look, she ain't, you know, she a heathen for the most part. But somehow she know the true and living God. And she said, I know the Lord has given you this land. She told him, we are all afraid of you. Everyone in the land is living in terror because they have heard what you guys going to do and they've heard what you've already done. Now look at this, verse 10, let me know that. For we have heard how the Lord made a dry path for you through the Red Sea. Y'all know the Exodus story. That happened 40 years ago, over 40 but he's saying now, that happened 40 years ago, and we still remember that because we heard that. That's why the Bible says faith come by. When people can hear what God is doing in your life, they can get the same faith that you got. We got to talk about the thing that God is done, doing for us, and it should last more than just one day. This happened some 40 years ago, and they say, we heard this. We're still talking about it. We know how the God, the God took you through the Red Sea on dry on dry ground, when you left out here. You know, sometimes, you know, he made the dry path for you through the Red Sea when you left here. Now look at this. Sometimes God ain't going to take you around your problem. A lot of us come to God wanting to go around some stuff when the path that he's going to put you on is going to take you right. But what he can do is part the sea so you ain't got to go through no turbulent water to get to your solution. But a lot of times, because we are not trusting God enough, we always want to go around the problem, which never solves the problem. Sometimes you just got to go. You can't always drive around the storm, you know, 50 miles out of your way. Sometimes you just got to go. Stop running from some things that God want to take you through. He said, now look, she says, we know how Know what you did to Sion and Og and the two Amorite kings east of the Jordan River, whose people you come, somebody said completely, not partially destroyed them, but come. See, y'all got to stop dealing with these partial deliverances. I mean, if God can't deliver you fully, he must not be God. Why do you have to be partially delivered? If God say he can deliver you from something, then you need to walk in your de- and not walk like you've been partially delivered, so you got to go and see Pastor Bolden every two weeks for, I to, for me to anoint you again, over again. No, 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 no. God don't need me to have you keep coming back. You have been delivered. You need to walk in what he has done for you. When you don't know that you've been delivered, don't act like you've been delivered, then guess what? There's a preacher out there that'll take advantage of you because you're always needing a deliverance. What kind of God will serve you and have you serve him and he can never deliver you? Why serve a God that can't solve some of your problems? I mean, I believe he can solve them all, but he got to at least solve some of your problems. 
Because he can completely de destroy some things. Now look at this. He says, no one now hearts have melted in fear. No one has the courage to fight after hearing such things. They heard what God could do. For the Lord your God is the supreme God of, of the heavens above and earth below. So your, she's acknowledging their God is greater than any other God that she knows. Now look what she says, because she know that, because I'm here you, boy. Now swear to me by the Lord that you will be, somebody say kind, kind to me and my family since I have helped you. Give me some guarantee. When Jericho is conquered, you will let me live along with my father, my mother, my brother, my sister, and all. I've been kind to you. Now I want you to be kind to all them folks. Some of your people can live under your blessing. You just need to get some things right in your life, and you can bless some people that's under you. She said, now look, I want you to be kind to my father, my mother, my brothers, and my sisters, and all their family. That's cousins, nieces, nephews. Man, when you realize that and understand where you stand in the position you are in God, if God is blessing you, he got more than you in mind. When he saved you, you should be looking out for your family, your cousins, your nieces, your nephews that don't know the Lord. You should be sharing Jesus with them. Because you got spared, you got saved, then you should want the same thing for starting your own household, just like she did. Now look at this. So they say in verse 14, we offer our lives as a guarantee for your safety. In other words, we, the men agreed, hey, our life for your life. If we let you down, then we hope that we get killed in the process. He says, now, if you don't betray us, we will keep our promise and what? Be what? Kind to you when the Lord give us the land. So they repay kindness with Kindness. Kindness with kindness. You know, sometimes agents have to know how to be kind to one another. It's easy to talk about, you know, we're going to show kindness to somebody on the outside, but we got to know how to be kind to. What good is it to be a CIA agent and you fight against your own guys and you go be spying on everybody else? I mean, you in Delta Force and you and your force can't get together. So how you gonna go and fight the other force? Man, how can we be kind to the ungodly and the ungrateful when we can't be kind to the saved? Oh, y'all didn't want to hear that. Let me move on. I know this, this kindness message is going to run all the way through the Bible. It is not just here. It's added in the fruit of the Spirit. Every time Paul talks about a list of characteristics, kindness makes the... In the book of Ruth, story here, chapter 1. This is the conversation between Naomi and her two daughters. Most of y'all know Ruth's story in the book of Ruth. Some, if you've been in the church of any time, latest. If you ain't read the book of Ruth, you know most ladies, that's a, that's a, a must read. You just got to read. <laughs> Especially if you're a single lady. You just, got, you just got to read the book of Ruth. 
Because you believe there's going to be a kind Boaz out there. Uh, okay, y'all got some reading assignments. Okay, y'all go, go, go check it out. So from this conversation between Naomi and her daughter-in-laws, Ruth and Oprah, Naomi is preparing to go back home, go back to Judea, because they had been in the land of the Moabites because of the famine. And while in that land, Naomi went through some, some, some tough times. Her husband died, and then her sons married these two ladies, and they died. So now here she is, an old lady, with nothing but two daughter-in-laws. And see, under the custom was, normally when you get old, somebody had to take care of you. Normally you want to have sons or family members that would provide for you, but because they was in a foreign land, going back home, she didn't have nobody designated to take care of her. So on the way, they decided, hey, we going back with you. In other words, we gonna continue to be kind because we love your husband, we, we love our, your sons, we love you, we want to be there for you. So they're having this conversation on their way back. And, 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 and what we're going to see here is that kindness can go to a whole nother level when it comes to, you know, willing to sacrifice for somebody, for somebody in that time of need. See, what happened here is that on the way back, they stopped and they was crying and Ruth tried to, Naomi tried to get them to go back. Go back to your home. Go back to your mama's house. But they cried and they cried. And so in the midst of their crying, she started going, Mo, she packed up with them, but she got a little further and said, look here, let me make this real for y'all. Y'all young women. I'm an old woman. The reality of me getting married again and then having some sons is slim and none. Y'all just in y'all 20s. Y'all can handle that? Can you handle that? Hanging around with your mother-in-law, knowing that I can't produce no more children, and then now, even if, even if a miracle happened, Mo, even if somehow I met this great guy and we got married and got hooked up and, and I had another baby in my old age. You know, Sarah was old. She had a baby, you know. So if God did that, would you wait 20 more years for him to grow up? Now, you don't need to be a, a genius to figure out the answer to that. Most of y'all ladies in here say, no, doctor. <laughs> mm, I ain't going to be no 50 years old when I get married. I ain't new. I won't even be able to have no baby by then myself. I ain't new. That ain't a good deal. That ain't, ain't a good deal. <laughs> yeah, I'm glad you broke it down like that to me, Naomi. I mean, so now guess what? They pray again. But this time, Oprah say, look here. I'm crying, but I got to say goodbye. But Ruth, the Bible said, clung to her even more. Ruth clung to her, and you know, Ruth made that vow. You know, you, you know when Ruth made the vow, y'all done heard these vows at, at weddings? You know, some of y'all done got married, I know your friend that got married, they go to the book of Ruth to make their vows. You know, when they start telling all them stories that they're going to live up to for the rest of their life. 
you know, Oprah go home. But the Bible says Ruth cling to her tightly. Hold on to her. And she said, you need to go back to Go back with your sister-in-law. But then Ruth says, wherever you go, I will go. Wherever you live, I will live. Your people and your God, your people will be my people, and your God will be my. Now, see, some of y'all would have stopped right there. I don't mind going with you, and, and I don't mind living wherever you live. But you got some cousins and some brothers and sisters. I ain't, I ain't, I ain't feeling. <laughs> I ain't feeling your brother. I ain't feeling him like that. I, you know, you know, some of y'all got a problem with mom. I ain't feeling your mom. I love you. I, I just, I. <laughs> but you just said your people will be, and your God will be my God. You know, some of y'all, when you get married, you ought to find out what God, your husband, your wife believe in. So you can make sure that their God is your. I mean, I ain't trying to get you to be polytheistic and, you know, marry another God. But that's on you. You marry whoever you say you love, but you need to solve the God question. If you're a Christian and going to get married, you got to ask the God question. What God do you believe in? Because I want your God to be my God. Then she said, wherever you die, I will die. And there I will be buried. Then she said, may the Lord punish me severely if I allow anything but death to come between us. So she took kindness toward Naomi to a whole nother level. She was willing to sacrifice her life in order to care for her mother-in-law. And, and see, what you got to see here is that now they go back to Bethlehem. And they arrive in the springtime during the time of harvest. And because Naomi is old, she can't go out to work. So now Ruth, the daughter-in-law, got to go into the field to work. But God is not going to let her kindness go unnoticed. You know, some folk, it's all right if you got to take care of your own mama or your own daddy, but to take care of your husband, mama, or daddy after they're gone, Y'all just think about that. What thing take care of my own folk? But I married into this family. And then now, Robin, you got to go out there because I'm too old. You got to go out there in the field and work. Them nice little nails. You, you got to go out there and be a part of the picking up the harvest, gleaning, working. Working. In the Feel. See, see, back then, y'all lucky now. Y'all got a good job y'all can go to. But back then, you know, they didn't have no multitude of banks to go and work in and be no BPs or no corporations. You was in the working. Somebody said working. I don't know. Do they, I think the young people, they don't use working no more. They do something else for working. Now, because working seems like it may be a bad word. No matter, you know, well, I guess they, they just change working with grinding. Definitely do. Now, everybody don't mind grinding. Grinding got a better sound to it, Wayne. I'm grinding instead of working. Okay, as long as we get something accomplished while you're grinding, I'm all right with that. Amen. 
So now get this. They get back during that time, and she got to go into the fields to work. But just so happens she ended up working in the field of a wealthy and influential guy by the name of what? Boaz. Now, you know, some of y'all Bible scholars already know this, but do you know who Boaz's mama was? Somebody say it if you know. Rahab. That same garden too. Then had a son by a man of the tribe of Judah by the name of Salmon. That same prostitute that probably people look down on. Now she done had a son who finna be a blessing. Who's about to be the instrument of kindness to our rule. So what I'm trying to tell you, if God could use him to be an instrument of kindness, he can use It didn't make no difference who his mama was and where she come from. It don't make no difference who your mama was, where you come from, your daddy. You could have been conceived in the back seat of a car, but that ain't got nothing to do with how you end your life. Stop looking at where you start in life and start focusing on what God wants you to finish in life. And where you start and where you finish don't necessarily have to be the same place. God can take you from wherever you were born and bring you to a better situation. So now get this. And the beauty of all this, Moses, is that Boaz was also some kin to her husband. So that means that now, based on the law, he will be qualified to marry Ruth. Because he would be considered a near kinsman. And they did that so they can keep all the inheritance in a family. So, and, and because her husband did not have kids with her, now Boaz would marry her and have kids. And that way, her husband's name would go on. And guess what? This same Moabite woman, Ruth, who married Boaz, all both of them end up in the lineage of Jesus Christ. Y'all just need to go back and read Matthew chapter 1. You'll see these same a garden too and a poor Moabite who the Jews hated got something to do with your Savior's birth. So now let me read this. Because now it should make some sense to you. So, so you got all that other, at the backdrop. So look at verse 8. He says, now, Boaz, and I'm in the chapter, I think, what is it, chapter 2? Okay. He said, look, Boaz went over and said to Ruth, listen, my daughter. That's a kindness word. He, he's not, she's not his daughter, but she's being kind. Stay right here with us when you gather grain. Don't go to any other field. Stay right here behind the young women working in my field, showing her kindness. In other words, you know, normally Ruth wouldn't even be on the scene now because now they're doing the harvesting. Normally the poor folks came after the harvest and they was called gleaners. So now she's out there doing the harvest and he's telling her, stay close to my 
So you're not going to have to get the leftovers. You're going to be able to get from the best. Y'all better hear me today. God has been showing her some kindness because she was kind. Now God is positioning her to receive some. Y'all better hear me today. So he says, see which part of the field they are harvesting and then follow them. I have warned the young men protection not to treat you roughly. If they don't treat her roughly, they got to treat her how my I done told them young rascals. They better not look at you cross-eyed. They better not come up and try to, you know, mess with you like that. They better treat you kind. I told the young men, because I know how young men can be. Young men see something pretty, they may think they want it. And they out here to glean, so I got to tell them, treat her kind. She ain't just anybody. Treat her Ladies, look here. If nothing else in life, you ought to marry or date somebody that's going to treat you. Don't you hook up with nobody who don't know how to treat you. That ought to be a test for you. Pastor said, if you can't treat me kindly, you got to, you got to hit the brick. You got to go. You, 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 you got to abandon this ship right here, Doc, because you don't know how to be. You can't talk to me like that. You can't say those kinds of words to me like that because kindness come out your mouth. You can't put your hands on me like that. You got to treat me. Now, I guess I need to flip the script. <laughs> Tanya, you got a son, so you got to tell Brandon you can't go out there and mess because there's some rough girls out there now. <laughs> I used to be a time you just thought it was the boy. That's some, that's, rough, that's some rough women out there, man. You got to look at her. Brandon, don't you go out there and have somebody going to be beating up on you. They ain't true. You can't talk. No, you better get somebody not treat you. Can't be rough with me. Amen. <laughs> Let me go and read on and finish it. I'm just having too much fun. This was fun to me. I like doing stuff like this. He said, now look, and when you are thirsty, help yourself to the water they have drawn from the well. Look at this. Normally you got to go and draw your own water. Especially if you're a woman, you got to go and draw your own water. Say, now look, when you get thirsty, they already done drew it. You go over there and drink what they drink. You ain't got to go to the fountain that say color. You can drink out the same water bucket that they Uh, y'all didn't like me throwing that little color thing, and I'm going to show you why I did that here in a minute. Look here, look here, look here. Because she said, now look, look. Ruth fell at his feet, showing gratitude, thanking, and thanked him warmly. Then she said, what have I done to deserve such kindness? She asked him. Then she classified herself. I am only a Negro. Why you treat me so kindly? Okay. I am only a foreigner. I'm only a Mexican. Why you treat me 
when everybody else putting up walls, when, when everybody else denying me, why you treat me? She was a foreigner. She expected to be treated rudely because she was a foreigner. And I know a lot of people come to the home of the brave and the land of the free thinking to be treated kindly, but they get treated, taken advantage of and used. You shouldn't be a part of that group. Amen. If Jose cutting your grass, you ought to pay him the right price. Amen. Treat him not like a foreigner. Ah, I know I was going to get political right there, and I know. That's okay. I don't say it now. It's out there. Can't bring it back. Now, look. She make it clear that she's a foreigner, as if she telling him something he don't know. <laughs> you know, I'm a foreigner. Why you treat me like that? He said, look here. You know, I'm a smart man. Yes, I know. Boy, that's the pie. But, somebody say, but. But I also know everything <laughs> about you. Everything you have done for your mother-in-law since the death of your husband. Somebody spilled the tea. Somebody been talking about it. Somebody done put the 411 out on her. She done got back to town with her mother-in-law, and everybody been talking, you know, that's the, that's the one that came back with Naomi, you know. That girl, that girl didn't even go back home and get her another husband. She came here to take care of that old woman. Vowed that she was going to stay with her until she died. That word got out. When that word got out, it must have touched Boaz hard. Man, this woman is going to that extent to be kind to someone when she could have easily just left and went back to her own country, found her husband, and probably lived happily ever after. But God had a better plan for her. Look here. He says, I have heard how you left your father and mother and your own land to live here among complete strangers. You know, we don't like being around strangers. We like to be around folk we know. We don't like to be the only one in the room that's strange. Some of us have to get used to being strange, in strange places. Some of you are in the marketplace, since I'm talking primarily to an African-American crowd, you know, y'all going to have to be, get used to being the only person in the room sometimes. And know how to be comfortable in your own. Amen. God done placed you there. He know what you're capable of doing. So therefore, you need to act like you belong. Even though you may be among complete. God, let me go and finish this. I'm getting in trouble. I can feel it. I'm starting to sweat up here. I must be, I must be, it must be getting hot for something. Oh, my God. Wayne, this thing is it's starting to work with me, Wayne. Oh, my. Look what he says. May the Lord, the God of Israel, under whose wings you have come to take refuge. In other words, you've an acknowledged of a hen with all her little chicks up under her wing of protection and refuge. He said, now, look, I'm praying to the God that he, you, who you taking refuge will reward you fully for what you have done. Guess who's going to be that instrument of kindness? He's speaking prophetically over her, and God's going to use him to do all the rewarding. Sometimes when you're speaking to people, you're the instrument. When you're praying for people, 
I hope God would do this for you and this for you, and I hope this gets met for you. You are the tool. You're the instrument that God wants to use. You just need to open your heart of kindness up and be what God is calling you to be. I'm almost done. He said, now look, I hope I continue to please you, sir, she replied. You have comforted me by speaking so kindly to me. Even though I am not one of your workers, I, I'm not one of the people that normally work for you. I'm an outsider, and I'm supposed to be here with the gleaner, but you done brought me up to be with, in the same status as the people that you pay. And I'm poor, and I'm supposed to be out here just to glean so that I can make my living, but I'm on the same status as your worker. Now look at this. At mealtime, Boaz called her, come over here and help yourself to some food. You can dip your food in the sour wine with everybody else. So she sat with his harvester, not gleaners, but the folk that take it off first, that get the best, that get the harvest. That's the harvest and then that's the time for you to know the gleaners come and get what's left. They had to leave so much for the poor. And, and when you had a cornfield, you couldn't take it all. You had to leave at least a certain percentage so the poor could come in after you get through harvesting and get what they needed. That's what, where Ruth should have been, with the poor. But because of the kindness that she showed her mother-in-law, kindness is being repaid to her, now she's right there with the, with the harvester. And Boaz gave her some roasted corn, corn roasted grain to eat. She had all she wanted and still had some left. Man, God can give you more than enough. But that more than enough is not for you. That more than enough was for her mother-in-law. So she wasn't thinking just about herself, Tanya. She was thinking, hey, I got access to more than I need, but I ain't going to just satisfy my need. I'm going to take some with me to the person that I said I would never leave. I would be with them. I would take care of them. God had positioned me to be able to do that. Now I ain't going to forget the vow that I made. Now look at this. When Ruth went back to work again, Boaz ordered. Somebody said ordered. Order his young men, let her gather grain right among the sheaves without stopping her. In other words, now look here, she ain't got to wait to hit the ground. She can go out there right there with you guys. While y'all picking the corn, she can be picking the corn. She got the same, she can be hauled right there. Let her do it. Now you know that was a big change in their mindset, Mo, because he had to come back say, and say this, and pull out some heads of barley from the bundles and drop them on purpose. If she don't want to pull it, you just drop it so she can get it. And I don't want you to drop the leftover stuff. I want you to drop some of the first fruit. Yeah. And I want her to be able to get it because I want her to have the some of y'all ain't used to the best. When God want to bless you with the best, you have been living in so much lack all your life that when God try to get you to experience something better, you don't even know how to handle it. And what I'm trying to tell you, when you've been kind to people and God want to reward you by blessing you with his kindness, you got to know how to receive it. And you can't talk it down. You can't downplay it. Well, I didn't deserve this. I don't know. No, I'm a kind person. And in return, God want to show me Now, 
I like this last verse, and I'm sitting there taking my seat. And pull out some of the hairs of barley from the bundle and drop them on purpose with her. Let her pick them up and don't give her a hard time. Because he knew some of them boys couldn't handle a major that favor ain't fair. <laughs> some of them boys couldn't handle that favor ain't fair. She ain't even one of us. She's a foreigner. We've been working for you all these years. And now you're telling us, don't get upset because now she's going to be able to get the best. He knew their mindset. And that's how some people are. They don't want to see you blessed because you don't know how to receive your blessing. Look here, you got to understand, God want to bless your kindness. And he's going to tell us, hey, don't you mess with Major. Major is under my covering because he's done what I want him to do. He's been kind. I'm going to restore kindness to him. And you forget about your haters. You're going to have to learn how to receive what God has given you, especially when you've been kind to people. Because there's a law of reciprocity here. Whatever you give out is supposed to come. And so I want you to know that when you are under God's ark of protection, he can tell some folk, don't mess with Wilson. Don't mess with Major. Why? Because I'm looking out for him. I'm showing him the kindness that he showed to somebody else. So I would just want you to see yourself as an agent of kindness. Let God use you to be kind to somebody. Y'all know the rest of the story. You know, y'all know the rest of the story. It didn't end there. Man, this girl hit the jackpot. I mean, she hit the jackpot. The Lord had the jackpot. She, you know, she hit triples. Whatever you do in the bing, 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 bing. And then bing, 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 bing. I came here poor. <laughs> and now somehow the Lord did allow me to marry the richest man, most influential man in the... All because I was kind. Amen. Y'all like, like there's something wrong with that. Y'all would have handled it if she had went out there and married old poor Joe. No, 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 no. I just did come on up. She, she ought to be all right. But the God didn't want her to marry poor Joe. She married rich boy. Amen. I mean, ladies, look here. I ain't telling you to. Oh, Lord, don't let me go there. But <laughs> marry who you love. Amen. Amen. Marry who you love. <laughs> but there ain't nothing wrong with loving somebody that got a little something, something. If they love you, you love them. Ain't nothing. Ain't nothing. You can do what you want, but ain't nothing. Ain't, don't be no hater. Amen. Amen. <laughs> if you've been kind, consider that your blessing. Amen. Amen. Oh, Lord. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Let me stop before I get in trouble here. Oh, God. Agents of kindness. That's what God expects us to be. Even to those people who treated us wrong, he expects us to be agents of kindness. My first appeal is for salvation. It's every head bowed, every eye closed. If you're here and you don't know Jesus Christ, that's the pardon of your sin. If you're Lord and Savior, we want to extend an invitation to you to receive him today.
he came and died. It was an act of kindness, kindness connected so closely to love that it was loving kindness that sent him to the cross for you. If you're here online with us or you're in the house with us and you want to make Jesus the Lord of your life, please just raise your hand or send us a message to let us know that that is your desire. We want to, you to be a part of this wonderful family that God has created for his children. And so therefore, we extend the invitation to you. If that is you, raise your hand. If that is you, raise your hand. Then my second appeal is for membership. If you're here in the house or you're online and you feel the Lord is speaking to your heart and saying that striving for perfection ministries is a place for you, a place for you.